Hey everybody, this is Kaylee Kiger, and I want to tell you today about my crazy pony that I had when I was a little kid. So, so many of us can look back on our childhood and be like, oh, that pony, like, that was the one that made me the rider that I am. So for me, that pony was named Indigo. We called him Indy for short, and frequently called him Indy 500 because he would not stop. We tried so many bits, and we tried all kinds of, like, double rain setups, German Martingale, Sandy Martingale, like whatever. Uh, we, tr- we tried it all. And this pony was a bolter for about three years. So I would get on and somewhere in the middle of my lesson, it was like almost guaranteed that he was going to take off of me. And it would be like four laps of hanging off the side, like barely able to stay on, like staring at the ground and being like, oh my gosh, I'm going way too fast to fall off right now. So actually, as a rider, have not fallen off that very, like very many times in my life. I think it was only like sometime recently that I went past like 10 times of falling off. And it was because like I couldn't fall off. I was going way too fast. Like it was way too risky as a little kid. So I would really, truly like hang on for dear life on the side of this pony's neck. So at nine, I probably weighed like 55, maybe 60 pounds. And uh, this pony was like... He would slide under as a large pony. He was like 14, 1, and 5 eighths, I think is what his large pony card said. So um, definitely if he'd had shoes on, he would have gone over. <laughs> um, so I was, I was trying to show in Hunter Jumpers, and my first lesson out on this pony, uh, we, we brought him home, and I had been jumping a little bit. I had a nice POA pony before this, and he was like gentle and like appropriately naughty, like had some dirty pony tricks, but for the most part, he was just, like, a solid citizen. Um, so that was my pony, Bam Bam, and he was a POA, and he, he really taught me a lot. Like, he was pretty safe, and I, when my, my new pony, Indy, came home, it was winter, and we were riding in an indoor arena, and, like, poor new pony, I think he'd, you know, been at the barn for, like, a couple of days and had to do this lesson with me, and, like, now, looking back, I was like, oh, you know, poor pony, I think we basically ran him around the arena a little bit to let him check it out, and that was, like, it. So, in the middle of this lesson, um, I'm jumping the jump on the circle, and I'm trying to track right. And I jumped the jump one time, and he's like, I want to go left. And I'm like, hey, we should go right. And he's like, no, we should go left. And we ran into a wall. And he threw his head up, and he popped me in the nose, and I got this bloody nose that was, like, so bad that I remember... um, my mom or my trainer like holding a roll of paper towels up to my nose and they didn't even unwrap it it was just like soaking through and I remember like looking down and like the blood was staining the pommel of my salad saddle (laughs) and I just looked at my mom and I was like you bought me a killer you bought me the killer pony (laughs) my parents would have they probably felt awful so um we had this pony and it was in full training and we were like committed to like trying to work with this pony but periodically my parents would just be like okay let's go try this horse because this was like an ongoing problem the pony would do something crazy and I just didn't have the strength to to really shut it down um it's I'd be curious like looking back to see like how bad of a bolter he actually was and like if my trainer was scared if just me and my parents were scared or what but um we, we really did try, I think, 50 bits. Like, my trainer was really good at, at trying different bits on horses, and we were really trying to figure what, out what was going wrong. He was a head flinger. Like, the whole time I'd be riding him, he'd be just like, throwing his head all over the place. And uh, he was awful at shows. Like, he was absolutely obsessed with grass. So, like, 
trying to like wait for the next round he'd be like frothing at the mouth and like ripping grass out of the ground in a super nervous way and it was like so embarrassing because he'd have like green drool like coming down the side of his face and I'm like trying to take everything all serious as like this hunter jumper rider who like wants to actually place in classes so this went on for like three years and like we tried changing trainers like we, we moved to a new city and um I showed up at the barn that my trainer had recommended and I was like okay like ready to see my new program and they I they showed me the outdoor arena and I was like this doesn't have a fence and they're like yeah you know like what do you need a fence for like it's a huge outdoor arena on a huge property and the property's fenced and I was like I can't stop my pony without a fence like every lesson that was I had to like run my pony into the wall and that's how we stopped so you would have thought at some point somebody would have been like oh we're gonna stop jumping for a while like you need to get like the brakes figured out but no we just like kept jumping and like no he'll figure out how to like stop eventually like if we do this enough times and so I I I had to pick a different barn other than the one with outdoor arena even though this was the one that my trainer had recommended so um started a new barn and he kept kind of like doing his, his same stuff and like Um, eventually the hunter jumper trainer moved to a new barn and we got a three-day eventing trainer and this trainer like pretty heavily emphasized dressage and that ended up working amazing for my pony um she she was like okay like I don't really like to do this but we're gonna put like the full gear on him um for a while and I had like a double bridle I think and I remember learning how to ride with double reins and it's possible it was just a pelham but I'm pretty sure it was like a full double bridle and pretty sure there was a German martingale involved and we spent one month of like every time that pony like tried to go we were just gonna like stop and at the end of that month holy cow he was amazing like totally changed pony and I think my trainer and I both felt kind of weird about putting all that gear on him but basically the bolting problem had been going on so long that we needed something and um so now like I I trained differently like I try to not put my horses in situations where they're gonna learn that habit um but I I really like having had the experience of being able to fix that really big problem when I was 12 um and like knowing they're like you can you can get it done um and it doesn't have to take forever and like now I know how to do all that like suppling work on the ground and we can do most of it in the halter and um but like for me like that like that saved my relationship with that pony um and kind of my life because horses were really really important to me so uh I don't really look back on that as like negative experience like I'm really grateful for for learning how to to teach my pony to soften like just soften his jaw like give to the bit lower his head like go around um all of that had a big impact on on how I ride now and my actual like understanding of the mechanics of like the horse's jaw and, and, and why getting your horse to bridle up works. And, um, so anyway, when we thought my pony was basically cured one day, like we're just riding in something really soft after that. Like, I think we even had some like, you know, like rubber, like happy mouth bits after that month, which is pretty amazing. So, um, we were out schooling in the outdoor arena and we was jumping like three feet and I was super proud because like they weren't having to get like, you know, big wings on the jumps or like big ground poles to like show me what to do. Like by that time I kind of had things dialed in, like knew what I was doing and we could really like turn sharp. Like this pony and I were winning the medal classes and that was huge for me. So, um, 
12 years old, I think I weighed about 90 pounds at that point, maybe, maybe a little less, like maybe 85. Um, still riding this pony who was like a very, very stout, like warm blood kind of looking pony at like 14 too. And we come around a corner and I kiss for a lead change because he just was like late behind. And all of a sudden he like does like just a small bolt, like not like he used to do, but that's like maybe five strides at <coughs> a good gallop jumps out of the arena. Yep. Just like right over, it was probably like a five foot fence. Um, one of those like three rail white vinyl fences. And like, I'm in the air and my trainer yells like, you better make him hit it. And I'm like, is that really what she said? Like, I think that's what she said. But so in the air, I like pull my pony's head around and we knew that these like vinyl fence rails pop out. So he caught his hind legs, landed completely fine, but he like took a rail down. And the idea was like, he needs to know that he can't jump out or at least think that he can't jump out. Um, so we land on the other side and he just is like, wants to eat grass. Like not a big deal. <laughs> Didn't, neither of us was <coughs> that rattled because it was like, he'd been doing this kind of stuff for so long and he really was going to like clear this fence. No problem. So, um, anyway, after, after that, like everything really did calm down with this pony. And part of it, I think was that we had owned him three years. Um, but I was outgrowing him. I was like, I was, you know, almost five, seven at that time. And, uh, so we needed to find him a new home. And since he was doing so awesome in the metal classes and everything, it, it wasn't that hard. He sold to a 10 year old boy in Florida. And I was really glad for him to have a little boy because like, little boys are go-getters and I was like this was this pony needs so um off he went to Florida and I got a thoroughbred after that who was just like a gentle giant totally different from my pony and uh yeah but I I never forgot about Indy um and I think like a lot of a lot of the reason I have as much compassion as I do for horses now is sort of guilt about not understanding my pony better like I remember being at a horse show and um, my, my pony was like running and airplaning through the corners and every distance was long. We were leaving out strides in lines. And, um, we, I, my, I was like, said to my trainer, like, why won't he slow down? Like, why is he running so much? And my trainer was just like, he just loves to run. Like he's just having fun. He loves to run. And like, looking back, I am pretty sure my pony was just like freaked out. He was like, I don't know where I am. These jumps look weird. Like this arena is dark. It's cold. Um, so yeah, I, <laughs> now I try to help horses a lot more than I did back then. Just sort of being like that, like 10 year old, like hopeless passenger up there and like, um, trying, trying to ride as best I could, but like not understanding anything about my horse. Like we went to a show and, um, the barn manager said like, okay, like, why don't, why don't you take your pony out and walk him around? Like, let him, let him look at everything. And I was like, like, why? <laughs> like, I didn't. I was like, why, why would he want to look at everything? Like, that didn't make sense to me at all. Um, so, yeah, horse psychology wasn't really taught at the barn I was at. And um, I don't know if the trainers knew it and didn't have time to teach it or if um, the mentality was really different or what. But I, I definitely was clueless. <laughs> my pony and I did actually end up having a really good relationship. Um, when my trainer would go out of town, we weren't allowed to jump. And so I would spend time with my pony in the arena and just run around with him on the ground like we would send him around the arena because that was that was something we commonly did we did like run horses around in the arena 
And then, like, when they were done running and they would come to you, we'd just kind of walk around. I would always try to get my pony to run beside me, like, without a halter or a lead rope. And I thought that was, like, magical. Um, there's another time we took my pony to a show. And he had been jumping fine, but they, they changed one of the jumps and they put, like, some little um, trees on the side of it. And he came along to the jump at a canter and he was all ready. And he all of a sudden was like, whoa, this actually looks different than it did, like, one round ago. He hit the brakes and dodged sideways, and I got popped out of the saddle onto his neck. And I was, like, nine years old at the time. So uh, he takes off, and I'm riding his neck like a little monkey, and I'm just, like, hanging on for dear life because I'm, I'm not in the saddle at all. Uh, I don't have the reins. And the pony's running. He jumps three jumps going the wrong direction. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, we, I, I don't know what happens when you jump a wrong, jump the wrong direction. Like, we always jump them this certain way, and you jumped oxers, like, going from the high side to the low side, and, like, I was all freaked out about what that meant, and, like, holy cow, like, he's he going to fall, he's going to get caught up in him, like, what's going to happen, and so he, he does his sort of, like, flight line run, like, uses up the, he runs the distance that he, he thinks he needs to run to feel safe, and he stops and he's chuffing and I managed to like lean down, grab a rein and just like pop. And I, I po- kind of popped him in the mouth and it popped me back into the saddle. And I like, <laughs> I go like crying out of the ring and my parents are like, holy cow. Like everyone in the audience was like saying, whoa, whoa to the pony. And, um, like my mom, when she tells the story, she says like, yeah, the, the lady sitting right next to me goes, that pony is scary. And, my mom was like, okay, like, we, we probably shouldn't have a pony that's, like, scary that other people see go and is, like, think is dangerous. So, um, even at that show, they, like, put me on a nice little, like, dun quarter horse, um, little red dun, and, um, I rode around on her, and I was like, this thing's, like, seems really easy, and, like, it kind of, like, goes straight and doesn't really move its head around a lot, and it's kind of, like, got this one steady speed that it goes, and it doesn't really change it, and I, (laughs) I didn't know enough as a kid to know, um, how valuable these things were or how to even talk about what I was feeling when I was riding my pony. Like, I didn't have the perspective. I didn't know how it was supposed to be or could be. And, um, honestly, my pony was getting a ton of training. Like, most days my trainer would ride the pony before I got there. The pony would get ridden at, like, 10 in the morning, and I'd have my lesson at 3.30, and the pony was being ridden again. So, um, like, the pony should have been getting, like, a lot of the goods, but without the horse psychology and communication, uh, it, a lot of times it just isn't that effective. Like, doing the same thing over and over and over again, like, and expecting different results is kind of silly. Like, we know that. Um, so, like, with the training, it was, it was just kind of normal, like, hunter-jumper training. Anyway, uh, when we are, we're training horses, if we focus only on our show goals, we're generally not going to get the results that we want. So, you do need to stop jumping and back off and really, really get that foundation. Uh, you know, don't, don't trot until you can walk and control. Don't canter until you can trot and control. Don't add jumps until you can canter and control. Um, these are all practices that really help us to achieve our goals with our horses. But because we are so goal-oriented and focused on, like, what the finished result looks like a lot of times we try to make things just look increasingly more like the finished product and in reality um you know you you have to work on these individual elements that might not look a lot like jumping or going to like a horse show 
um, to get what you actually want. Like you have to break it down into these small pieces. And I think people, they don't like the fact that it doesn't look right. Like it doesn't look like we're doing our sport. Uh, but that's sort of, that's sort of how horses work. And you, you have to start with these small pieces. And, uh, I think if you can learn to fall in love with the process and you can become fascinated with, uh, like horse behavior and with the natural horsemanship side of things and, if you if you fall in love with with those components then it can be rewarding to to go through the whole process and you don't feel so focused like right on your end goal so um anyway i hope you enjoyed hearing about my pony indy and um oh man i didn't even tell you about his bridling issues but we'll 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 talk about those another time so um yeah let me know what what of this resonated with you and if you have similar stories in your background and um like, let me know what to talk to you more about because I am enjoying telling you my stories, but I want them to be relevant to you and helpful to you. And, um, yeah. So, all right. Bye for now. And we'll ha- I'll come back with more stories later.